reaching Israel and the world and the world. Shalom Ahuvim, that's Hebrew for beloved ones. Welcome today to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Cynthia Marjorie, my love, I guess I just feel to begin today, I just wanna send out a special thank you to our partners and friends that are making it possible for us to broadcast. Millions of people around the world are being reached every single week because of you. Cynthia and I just wanna say thank you, yes. we love you. Praise God, thank you. You know, honey, today, what I wanna really focus on is the fact that we need revelation of the seriousness of sin. Would you agree that in today's world, the, even the, the, the word sin is like such a foreign word to people. It's just like, it seems to be so antiquated. They don't have room even for consideration of it. They just right. dismiss it. Right. I've even asked the Lord, what is sin? You know, it's some people think it's, oh, if you drink too much or you s smoke or, or whatever. But I knew there's something more to sin. So yeah. I inquired of the Lord, what is sin? And when he answered back to me, what he spoke was that sin is when we haven't made God Lord of our life. It's really amazing if we make God Lord and center of our lives, then everything else comes into order and sin is dismissed from our lives. Amen but it's our challenge of always making God Lord. Mm -hmm. That's a great, simple analysis of sin. You know, biblically, if we get into what is the actual etymology of the word, many definitions come to mind. One is a falling short, a right. missing the mark. But I love, honey, what you said, because it really cuts to the essence of the problem. God is reality. He is the center of everything. Everything revolves around Him. And when we don't choose to make Him our center, center. we're living yes. in a state of sin. Yeah. I hope the message today really cuts deep because the Lord sent His Son into the world to restore us to relationship with Himself. Yes. Shalom uvracha, beloved ones. Peace and blessings. We are in the midst of a study through the book of Romans. I'm calling it Journeying Through the Book of Romans. This is now season two. We're in the third episode and we're gonna pick up today in chapter number two. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but Baruch Hashem, praise the name of the Lord, the word of God abides forever. Hear the word of God. Paul says, therefore, you have no excuse. Every one of you who passes judgment in that which you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. And so we're shifting gears now from where we were last week. We're shifting gears from chapter one. And Paul is calling us now to look at ourselves. He's first of all saying to us, this is sin. We're identifying it in the world. But now we're saying, if we judge other people, we become guilty ourselves because in judging others, we condemn ourselves because we are doing the same thing that we judge other people for. I mean, this is something that we really need to cultivate in our heart, in our awareness, in our thought life, and in our speech. We need to be very careful about judging. Jesus said, judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Let me read it again. 
Hear the word of God. Romans 2, chapter 1. Therefore, you have no excuse. He's speaking to everybody. Every one of you who passes judgment, for in that which you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same thing. Yeshua said, judge not, and ye shall not be judged. I don't know about you, but every single day, I have to make a decision to hold my tongue, to guard my lips. Conversation happens, and you can just feel the energy of the conversation drawing you into gossip or wanting to draw you in to saying something, uh, you know, an accusation against somebody. And you have to resist it. You have to resist being in agreement against other people. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. You need to be really careful about this. And then Paul goes on to say this. And we know that the judgment of God rightly falls upon those who practice such things. But do you suppose this, O man, when you pass judgment on those who practice such things and do the same yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and tolerance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance? In other words, so many people that are believers are experiencing God's love towards them and patience towards them, and they misinterpret that as a license to sin. It's like a child that doesn't get disciplined. They misinterpret their parents' love for them as feeling they can do anything they want to do without consequences. But Paul's saying, no, the reason God is showing you love is because he's hoping that the love that he's showing you will draw you to his heart. And don't you realize that if you judge other people when God is forgiving you, it's going to bring his wrath upon you? So listen again. Do you suppose this, O man, when you pass judgment on those who practice such things and then do the same things yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness? In other words, it's kind of like thinking that because God hasn't judged me yet, because I've just experienced his goodness, he's never going to judge me. Paul says, oh no, he's only showing you gentleness now in hopes that his gentle touch in your life will soften your heart to him and lead you to repentance, which in turn will cause you to guard your mouth and not judge people. So he says, or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and tolerance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance, but because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to each person according to his deeds. Once again, this is the gospel. Paul is proclaiming the gospel. He began the book of Romans by saying that he had been sent as a messenger of Yeshua to proclaim the gospel, and that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation for everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And how does he begin his gospel presentation? By talking about the wickedness in the earth. 
helping us to become aware of it so that we'll repent and change our ways. He goes on to say here that Jesus is coming back soon in verse number six. And when he does, he will render to each person according to his deeds. We need to remember this, beloved. We need to be disciplining ourselves so that we're walking in the spirit and denying our, uh, uh, you know, not giving ourselves license to do what we want to do. Paul earlier was saying, you don't have license to give into your passions. Then he said, you don't have license to give into a depraved mind. Now he's saying you don't have license or freedom to practice this type of behavior because God is coming back and he's going to render to each person according to what he's done. I want to help you understand something, beloved. This world is not your home. Our experience on earth is very temporary. This is just a testing place for us. It's just a testing place for us. If we'll practice obedience here, not that we're perfect, but we're striving to obey, to be Jesus' disciples, we're going to be rewarded when he returns. Not on this earth. On this earth, we're instructed to deny ungodliness and practice the truth. You see, the problem in the church today is we don't have an eternal mindset. We have a temporal mindset. We think everything is now. Oftentimes all we're looking for is an experience in the here and in the now, wanting to satisfy ourselves now. But beloved, that's not what we're called to look for in this earth. Think about the life of Jesus. Jesus walked upon the earth, rejected, beat on, spitten. He said the foxes have holes, the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lie his head. You think about the church fathers and what they went through. On this earth, we're being tested. It's a proving ground. We're storing up reward for when Jesus returns. In today's Hebrew Moments, I want to focus on the title of God, El. We're going to look now at the first verse in our Bible, the book of Genesis, or Bereshit, chapter 1, verse 1. Bereshit bara Elohim. What that means is, in the beginning, God, or Elohim, that's the title there, Elohim is the title for God, created. El is the Hebrew word for God, singular form. Elohim, which is used in the first verse of our Bible, is God in the plural form. Isn't that interesting? The first time in the scriptures we see a title of God revealed, in this case Elohim, meaning the all-powerful ruling God, the only one, the first time we see God's title revealed, it's in a plural form. El, once again, God singular. Elohim, as it appears in Genesis 1-1, is El in the plural form. Why? Because God is multi-dimensional. The person of the Father, the person of the Son, and the person of the Ruach, all incorporated in this term Elohim. So once again, beloved, God the Creator is revealed to us originally as Elohim. I hope this Hebrew moment has been a blessing to you. 
We've been called to be salt and light to the world, but Rabbi cannot share the truths from God's Word without help from you. Would you pray and consider donating or becoming a monthly partner with Rabbi as he ministers principles from God's Word through television, the internet, and on-the-ground outreaches, equipping the body of Christ, building the church, and evangelizing the world? Call 800-777-7835 or visit DiscoveringTheJewishJesus.com. Join those who have said yes to the calling. Help Rabbi build God's kingdom through the global outreaches of Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Call today or visit DiscoveringTheJewishJesus.com. So Paul says here, Jesus is coming back in verse 6, who will render to each person according to his deeds, to those who by perseverance in doing good seek for glory and honor and immortality, they're going to receive all the blessings of eternal life. But to those who are selfishly ambitious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, their inheritance at the soon return of Jesus, Paul says, is wrath and indignation. We need to be ready to suffer a bit for Jesus in this world and stop thinking that we can satisfy ourselves or be fulfilled by the things of this world. The things of this world can never fulfill us, so we should stop trying to use this world to fulfill us, and we should instead be living for Jesus. Paul says this, verse 9, There will be tribulation and distress for every soul of man who does evil to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Again, he's speaking about the reward, but glory and honor and peace to everyone who does good to the Jew first and also to the Greek. When? Not right now. Not right now. Think about the apostles. They were martyred, hung upside down, boiled in oil, beaten. I've been saying this, shipwrecked. Not right now. Now we're living for Jesus. Once again, beloved, Part of the deception in the church today, and some of it comes from the New Age movement, which has seeped into the church, is that Christian people or people that, you know, believe in Jesus, even if the Jesus they believe in is not the real historical Jesus, they're thinking that what they should expect is that God is going to give them everything in this world and that will make them happy. But the Bible says in the book of 1 John, all that's in the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the boastful pride of life, it's not from the Father, but from the world. You see, the New Age theology that's gotten into the church, please, please hear me now, it's made it about now. Everything's about the now. And so, especially the younger generation, all they're looking for, listen, is an experience in the now. They go to church and all they're looking for is an experience to feel good when the worship's going. Frankly, sometimes I look around and I see everybody almost in a frenzy with the worship music and I'm asking myself, God, is this you that they're feeling? Or have they just worked themselves up into an emotional state the same way they would at a rock concert? Because True discipleship and true worship goes way beyond getting goose pumps when the worship music's playing. True worship is obedience. It's a lifestyle. 
It's waking up in the morning as a soldier of the cross, as a soldier of Christ, to say, I put you before me, Lord. I'm going to follow you today. I'm going to deny myself. I'm not going to ask myself what my plans are. I'm going to ask what your plans are. I'm not going to do what I want. I'm going to ask what you want. I want to be like Jesus that said, not my will, but thy will be done. Father, I want to be like Yeshua that did nothing apart from you. You see, it's a different gospel. Today, people are just looking to be fulfilled in the now. But Jesus said, everyone that wants to be my disciple must pick up his cross, deny himself, and follow me. The gospel that Paul preached is that we deny ourselves worldly lust, we live for Jesus, we have an eternal mindset, and that our best life comes not in this world, which the Bible says we're strangers and pilgrims in, but our best life comes at Jesus' return when he rewards us for all that we've done out of our love for him. Beloved, come on. Come on with me now. Let's use common sense here. Let's reject that which is not of God and receive the solid written truth. This is the gospel. It's recorded for the saints once and for all. It doesn't matter what's acceptable to man today. It doesn't matter what's acceptable in Christian culture today. Times are always changing. What matters is what does the eternal word of God say? The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God abides forever. Then Paul goes on to say, continuing here in verse number 11, for there is no partiality with God. What's going to happen here is Paul's going to go on to tell us now, you know what? You guys are all guilty. I'm telling you to do good, but I'm telling you now, you're going to find out that we're all guilty and we desperately need Jesus. We need to repent and turn our lives completely over to Jesus because you're all guilty and in danger of God's wrath. And so let's see what he does here. He says, for there is no partiality with God. For all who have sinned without the law, this is the Gentiles, those that did not receive the Ten Commandments during the time of Paul's writings, the Gentiles did not have the law. For all who have sinned without the law, the whole Torah, will also perish without the law. And all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. So he's looking at the world and he's dividing the world into two classes, Jew and Gentile. Those of the Gentile world that sinned against God without the law, and we're going to see that they sinned against God, even though they didn't have the law, because they went against their conscience, and the Holy Spirit was bearing them witness in their conscience about right and wrong, but they rejected the truth and still did what was wrong. So Gentiles are guilty for sinning against their conscience, and Jews are guilty because they had the written Torah, and they sinned against that. The whole world, Paul's about to say, is guilty. Why is he doing that as he introduces the gospel? Because he's preparing us to receive Jesus. Here we go. For all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law. And all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not the hearers of the law who are just before God. In other words, just because the Jewish people heard the law, that doesn't make them just, but the doers of the law will be justified. For when Gentiles who do not have the law do instinctively the things of the law, these not having the law are a law to themselves, 
in that they show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience bearing witness, and their thoughts alternatingly accusing or else defending them. On the day when, according to my gospel, God will judge the secrets of men through Christ Jesus. And so Paul is just going to continue on now by saying to, he's saying to the Jewish person, listen, don't think that you're better than the Gentile just because you've heard the law. Just because you've heard it doesn't make you right. And by the way, there are Gentiles that have never heard the law, and yet they're doing those things that the law has instructed, and they're more righteous than you. But Paul is going to continue to tell us there's no one righteous before God, whether Jew or Gentile, no, not one. And so as he continues here, he is uh, speaking and he says this. On the day, he says, this is all going to be revealed, when according to my gospel, God will judge the secrets of men through Christ Jesus. I'm going to continue here next time. And Paul is going to uh, once again talk to the Jew. He's going to talk to the Gentile. He's going to continue to bring conviction of sin. And then he's going to introduce the good news of Messiah Jesus. Beloved, what's the point of all this? When I first came to know the Lord back in 1978 as a Jewish person, frankly, I was raised in a conservative synagogue and I did not have a deep revelation of sin. I just knew that I was lost when Jesus appeared to me, that I was confused, that I was desperate. And when Jesus appeared to me, I knew that God loved me, that he was alive, that Jesus was the way to him, and that Jesus, that the, the Jesus was the way out of where I was living. He was out of, it was the way out of fear and depression and confusion. And I started devouring the word of God. But you know what happened? The longer I journeyed with Jesus, the more deeply I became convicted of my own sin. And now after walking with Yeshua, after walking with God, since 1978, over 42 years now, 44 years now, after the, the, more, the longer I've walked with him, the more convicted of sin I am. I mean, I've been cleansed of so many things, but I'm more convicted of sin now, even though I'm much more, quote, righteous or cleansed than I was in 1978. But the work of the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin so we can be cleansed. So I want to end today's broadcast by saying, do you understand that Jesus came to deliver you from your sin, not just to give you everything that you want from the world? That his real mission is to save his people from their sin. When he was born, the angel appeared to Mary and said, you shall call him Yeshua, for he shall save his people from their sin. Father, we ask you for a spirit of conviction so that you will show us what in our soul needs to be cleansed so we can be washed of it by the blood of Jesus and transformed by the living Spirit of God and become pleasing to you in all our ways. In Yeshua's name. Beloved, if you've been watching Discovering the Jewish Jesus for a while, I hope you've noticed that when it comes to raising finances for the ministry so that we can continue to proclaim God's word around the world, I really strive to not manipulate and to be clean. 
So the truth is today that it cost us a lot of money to be able to broadcast on television and all the other media outlets that we're releasing God's Word through, as well as the traveling that we do around the world. And I can't do it, beloved ones, without your continued help and financial support. This is the way God ordained it to be. John said in one of his letters that men that are preaching the truth are worthy of the support, the financial support of the church. So I want to thank you for sending me out. And I also want to encourage you, beloved, to know that when you support the gospel with your finances, there is a reward that will come back to you because everything that we sow into the kingdom comes back pressed down good measure and running over into our lap. Thank you for your love and your financial support. Here's how you can donate or become a monthly partner. Send your tax-deductible gift to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. Or to give by credit card, visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com or call 1-800-777-7835 or text the keyword rabbi to 45777. To show our appreciation, we'll send you an audio CD and download of Rabbi's Message of the Month and our most recent newsletter. Your gift is bringing salvation, healing, and deliverance to Israel and the world through television, internet, and crusade outreaches. Finally, many of us have honored God with our finances while living, but have we considered how we can honor the Lord with our finances when we pass on? For more information, click Will and Estate Gifts at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. In the book of Numbers, chapter 6, the Lord gave instructions to Moses and Aaron to speak this blessing over his people. And the Lord said, when you speak these words over my people, I will place my name on them and bless them. Receive the impartation of the Lord's blessings. Yavah Yahweh Ya'er Yahweh Panavelecha Vihunecha Isa Yahweh Panavelecha Ve'asem Lecha the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up by his countenance and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. Revelation today for a brighter tomorrow. Find Discovering the Jewish Jesus on all your favorite social media outlets and stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. Connecting with Discovering the Jewish Jesus has never been easier. If two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. 
Let our prayer team pray for you. Send us your prayer request today by visiting our website or writing to the address on the screen. Our prayer team lifts up every individual request before the Lord. And then, as God answers your prayer request, or if God has touched your life through discovering the Jewish Jesus, send us your testimony. We want to rejoice with you, and your testimony will encourage others. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Next time on Discovering the Jewish Jesus, Rabbi speaks about how important it is to realize our faults and ask the Lord for mercy and humility. Don't miss this exciting episode.